0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, dear listeners. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Eval Edge podcast, where we bring you cutting edge topics in the field of monitoring, evaluation, and learning. I am your host, Valentine Gandhi. Joining with me today is our co host, Elena Lapo. Today, we are delighted to have with us in our virtual studio, Dr. Fabio Pitaluga, and he has around 20 years of experience in the field of international development who seamlessly works in the spaces of startup ecosystems, technologies, evaluation, as well as development interventions. He has been the co-founder of GEI's Launchpad, Honduras Digital Challenge, Digital Jam, Digital Business Competition in the Caribbean region, Kingston Animation Festival, as well as the Caribbean Tech Entrepreneurship Program's Virtual Accelerator, Mm -hmm. and Startup Jamaica Tech Accelerator. We are speaking to a really cutting-edge person today. Welcome to the studio, Dr. Fabio.
1: Thank you, Val. You can also call me just Fabio. That's fine. All right.
0: Fabio, let's start with a few words about the Global Evaluation Initiative and, in particular, the Launchpad.
1: Yes. Thank you for inviting me uh, to speak to this audience. It's uh, it's it's really a pleasure and a privilege. The GEI is a global partnership. Um, that uh, supports evaluation capacity development in developing countries. Uh, and the focus really is on building country systems and uh, or strengthening uh, those. Now, in that context, uh, in in that ecosystem, you also have private a uh, role for private companies. Uh, there are uh, players that. Um, Commission evaluations, there are stakeholders who would need to use evaluations, but there's also those who need to carry out those evaluations. And very often, these are uh, private companies. Uh, that market is often dominated by uh, large uh, international companies. And so what we want to do with the launchpad is really to provide the space for country-based um, evaluation, uh, monitor evaluation companies, or companies that uh, operate in that uh, space at the intersection with uh, technology and innovation to provide the new uh, or improved goods and services uh, so that the overall country system is also improved.
0: Thank you. I will hand over to my co-host Alina.
2: So Fabio, uh, so one uh, great initiative of Global Evaluation Initiative, so, can you please suggest uh, what are the main challenges uh, Launchpad participants are addressing? But I guess that mobilizing internal support, building capacities, and use of relevant technologies are a challenge uh, by itself. So, th- how exactly Launchpad help them?
1: So, the Launchpad is a uh, we call it a pre-incubation program that is built along three basic building blocks to uh, uh, build, validate, and launch. So at the core of it, the launchpad is really a, a business journey for a startup that is uh, embarking in finding new solutions uh, or services for potential customers uh, and starts with product development, uh, starts to understand what its market is, what is the response to what kind of solutions, uh, to, sorry, to what kind of problems your clients uh, are are looking for, and then interacts with that market, to develops uh, through iterative, an iterative process, uh, those solutions, and then finally launch uh, into the market. That's kind of the uh, overarching philosophy behind the launchpad. So we're not necessarily focusing and maybe I'll talk a little bit more later about um, the role of uh, like technical capacity on monitoring and evaluation itself. Uh, this is really more about the business side of things. So how do you set up a company? How do you develop a product? What kind of instruments do you use to understand your customer needs? Uh, how do you limit the amount of time um, and, you know, in, in developing sometimes solutions that are not necessarily finding a market. I've worked in in the space with a lot of startups and often you see uh, founders uh, really focusing a lot on coding a lot, you know, building apps, uh, but never really asking the question, so who's interested in my product and at what price point are they going to be willing to come in and pay for my product, you know? So we're trying to Bring the companies that are coming in through this journey, starting from uh, concepts like uh, user centric design, the startup, the Dean startup methodology, of how to do a business canvas, and how to finally also put together a convincing story so that if you were to go to an investor looking for financing, then you have all the right answers to those questions.
2: Well, that sounds very practical, Fabio.
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, we try to be very practical and uh, we really try to... So the philosophy behind this is not so much, um, uh, you know, a program where you come in and listen to lectures. Uh, It's really a program where you come in, you definitely are presented with content and material, But at the end of the day, it's going to be you, the participant, you, the team that is uh, taking part uh, in this initiative, who's applying those concepts, applying those very notions to your product. And so in the launchpad, we kind of keep track of how that development occurs. uh, And we also encourage very much, you know, the interaction between the teams, because This is one of the things when when you're at the very very beginning of um of a business you don't really have massive amounts of resources that you can utilize to procure the services of all sorts of specialists but in the cohort that we have right now which is about 10 teams from nine different countries or across the globe you will have people who have a better understanding of technical issues you will have the coder you will have the person who's more You know, a specialist of user interfaces, Uh, you'll have the person who's more specialist of how to monetize content and so forth. And so by facilitating interaction between all the members, uh, you kind of reduce the cost uh, in in this kind of bootstrapping uh, uh, environment at the very, very early stages of a company's beginning.
2: Thank you. And it appears that through the launchpad or using the launchpad, uh, the whole uh, thinking process is helped through. Well, so the next question is yours. I'm passing it to you.
0: Thank you, Fabio. That is truly one of a kind, uh, I think, you know unique initiatives, at least in the development sector that uh, we have heard of here. Um, given that, as you mentioned about use of technologies by these Launchpad participants, uh, where next for the participants? Uh, I, I you know you're equipping them with knowledge and you're equipping them with uh, opportunities and networks. Where do you see them going forward after the launch pad? How sustainable is their uh, you know, growth models or business modules post launch pad?
1: So that's that's a very good question, but it's also a very difficult one, because uh, let me answer it this way. Um, when you're talking about entrepreneurship, the entrepreneur is really the center of this entire equation. And so it's it's. The sustainability function is really linked to how deeply how deeply involved the entrepreneurs are in what it is that they're doing. So very often we see people who maybe have a job and they start to do something by the side on, on in evenings or, or during the weekends. Well, it gets to a point where it, you need to be full-time on this particular project or otherwise you're not going to go anywhere. So it's not a question of do you have financing? Do you have this type of expertise? Do you have that kind of support? It's really who is the driving, who's in the driving seat? And so the entrepreneurship, that, uh, you know, sense of uh, even if I fall, even if I make a mistake, I'll learn and pivot and keep on going. And that means also sometimes making hard choices, you know, and understanding that maybe the premises on which you started uh, your business, you uh, are either wrong or incomplete and so you need to adjust And so that's really one of the key factors of success that we see Um, bear in mind that uh and there's a lot of literature on it uh, hardly any entrepreneurs are successful the first time they do anything Mm -hmm. so even when you look at the uh you know the big gurus of the silicon valley they reach the top at the sixth the seventh the eighth uh, Uh, time they launch uh, an enterprise. And so that's something also that I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be very humble about and and understand. It's a long journey. It's a winding journey. It's not simple. And so having the right spirit and what we're trying to do here is equip people with the right instruments that uh, would help them to make the right decisions. You know, so that's, that's the first thing. I think that the other question is do you have the right team in place the, the team spirit in terms of composition not just in terms of uh, the skill sets uh, and the knowledge uh, that uh, each team member brings but also the chemistry you know one of the biggest uh, uh, one, one of the biggest uh, obstacles or, or, or failures is is really that uh, lack of chemistry between the team members teams break down. And so you may have everything else from a sustainability function uh, right in place, and then you fall on these more intangible aspects. And so I think that these are the, the, the most important aspects. Now, how do we try to mitigate some of these issues is, as I said, A, help them to ask the right questions. We're not giving the answers. We are helping people to ask the right questions. And secondly, is we're... Uh, bringing in a very diverse um, cohort uh, of instructors that uh, uh, bring with them, they, most of them are really entrepreneurs themselves. And so they bring in that uh, personal experience. Some of them are from the ME space. Uh, some of them are from the Silicon Valley. Some of them are working in developing countries in the startup uh, ecosystems. And so they're very familiar with the challenges uh, that people who try to set up a business in developing countries uh, are. And last but not least, I think what we do is we bring mentors, we pair teams with specific mentors that can guide them throughout this journey. And and I think that one of the biggest added value in coming in to the launchpad is also having access to a very broad network of uh, institutions, partners and potential customers as well. So that's in terms of validating a product, validating an idea is gonna be really critical. And so I think this is one of the biggest uh, value additions that we can bring in.
0: Thank you, that is awesome. Sometimes not knowing what to ask uh, or knowing what to ask will solve half the problem. Over to you, Elena.
2: Yes, indeed Fabio, you mentioned already many wise things for entrepreneurs, especially new ones. But do you have um, any last word of wisdom for evaluators or technology developers that you would like to share uh, in this podcast?
1: I'm not sure I can call mine wisdom. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big word. Uh, um, no, I would simply say, look, um, this is the first time that we do something like this. We have researched, and we didn't find. Uh, of course, there's tons of uh, accelerators and incubators for business, specifically around the world. But we're not trying to replicate that. We're really trying to focus um, on this particular space of uh, monitoring and evaluation. Why? Because you're we're at a cusp of um, of a major set of uh, changes. Uh, you know, so the data revolution that we have in place right now is one that can potentially transform this entire you know, industry, uh, not only in terms of what can be done, but also how uh, we can arrive uh, uh, to identify lessons learned and, and so forth. So the data type is changing dramatically every day. The amount of data available is, is very, uh, is, is daunting. And then you have, uh, uh, at the same time, you have things like uh, the emergence of machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, blockchain technology, georeferencing and geospatial data and so forth, which really can bring out a lot of other sets of dimensions, uh, both in terms of the depth of the analysis as well as what you can do with um, with that data. And last but not least, I think that one of the reasons why we wanted to explore this is that there is a whole new world out there through uh, what people refer to as ESG, you know, environmental, social, and governance, uh, but really the movement towards um, the measurement of a triple bottom line. So even in capital markets uh, where, uh, you know, investors are not just looking for financial returns, but they're looking for other types of, of returns of investment. And so the whole concept of, what do you measure? How do you measure it? What kind of metrics? Uh, how do you tell a story of success is really important. So we feel that uh, this could potentially be transformative for the field of um, monetary evaluation. There's going to be a, a huge space for private companies uh, to expand uh, and uh, and really develop new products and services for a much broader market. So that's uh I think, where I would leave it in terms of uh, maybe a, a view towards the future.
0: Thank you, Fabio, for that exciting insight.
1: Uh,
0: the last question for to end or to conclude is, what can the European Evaluation Society do to support the GEI plan? So
1: I think that... Um, there's a variety of things that come to my mind. One is, um, as I said, we are using mentors and we pair mentors with our teams. So if there are particular you know, members of this network who are interested in getting to know our teams better and see whether they can support them, it could be on a technical level, it could be on a variety of, uh, of different fields. So that that's uh, one thing. Uh, two is definitely, uh, right now, the, the process of application for the first cohort is closed. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a pity, but we had to uh, move very fast, uh, um, you know, driven by internal times uh, at the World Bank and so forth. And so uh, there's not much space to continue to publicize. But definitely, I don't think this is going to be the last edition. And so, we, in the future, I think it would be very good maybe for uh, the European um, Valuation Society really to help us in the, in the concept uh, development uh, or even in the implementation of it. Uh, we've done, for example, a series of um, videos and kind of vlogs, uh, you know, kind of similar to this one, but uh, in video. And you can find them on our website at uh, GI Launchpad uh, website. So that's also something that members of the society can contribute to. Uh, we address specific topics So we've addressed the topic of blockchain, uh, data science, uh, impact investing and so forth, you know. So, but we, we're open to collaborate in any manner. And so I would, uh, I would really be extraordinarily, uh, delighted to see ways in which we can collaborate in the future.
0: Thanks so much, uh, Fabio, for that. I mean, you, for listeners, uh, if you do not know, Tom and May, our co-hosts, as well as uh, the board members and president of the EES, are already members of the first cohort, Tom Ling and May Pettigrew, who couldn't join us in this episode. But nevertheless, they have been hosts for our regular listeners. So with that, we conclude this uh, exciting episode of the GEI Launchpad, discussing with uh, Fabio, who is the program manager for the GI Launchpad. Fabio, thanks so much for giving us a peek into this exciting world of the Launchpad, and we hope to see many more editions of the Launchpad.
1: Thank you, Val, and thank you, Elena. It's been a pleasure. Anytime.
0: Thank you. And dear listeners, thanks for tuning in. We hope you will join us soon for the next episode. If you need more details of the GEI launch pad, please find them in the description below. And as always, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, as well as in our website, Eval Edge Podcast website in the EES main website. See the links below. Thank you and have a good evening or a good day wherever you are joining us from today.